Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for something a little different on this channel. Please be sure to visit our webpage at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Today, we're going to be giving you a brief overview of one of those Bible study resources called the Key Principles of effective Bible study. Now we have a booklet that you can download, which is always linked in our um, notes, in our podcast notes. Uh, but today, what we're going to do is is a brief overview of the various um, chapters in this document, and also the links to each of the episodes. We did an episode on each one of the topics. And so we'll put that all in one place to make it easier for everyone. So this is just going to be a short podcast that kind of goes over what you should expect to see in each of those chapters and uh, with a link to be able to go to them directly as opposed to searching. The first chapter, we have the purpose of the Holy Scriptures. So that explains what the point of the Bible is. And it uses Bible text to, to prove that. The scriptures are inspired by God, right? So this is not just a man-made book, and that's going to be highlighted and outlined. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. The theme of the Bible, because it is a spiritual book, you don't just get to come to conclusions about it in any random way. It is not a normal book. It does follow principles that we find in many other books, but not every principle that is found in in a secular book, can be translated to the Bible, or vice versa. So spiritual things are spiritually discerned, and we'll see what that means in some more depth. The Bible is a complete collection. It's important to look at the Bible as a volume, a complete volume, that um, that is dependent on every other portion of the Bible. Right. So if you find yourself coming to some weird conclusion in one corner of the Scriptures, be advised that the other information found in the other corners has a bearing on that, and things are not going to be isolated. It's a complete collection. It is holistically consistent. It is important to study topics from the beginning, where you find topics first mentioned when you're looking at various topics such as grace and faith and um, obedience and the gifts of the Spirit, um, sacrificial system, whatever topic you may be looking at, you need to come at it from as early as possible because the first mentions are often very, very important. Certainly need all of them too. That's what we talk about in as the Bible being a complete collection. But the first mention is important. Don't just leap to it in the middle where it seems to say what you want it to say. The Bible is its own interpreter. That means that the understanding of the Bible comes primarily from other things in the Bible, right? 
there will be other things outside. You will be able to look at history and see things that the Bible expresses. So, so there can be confirmation of biblical events in history, and there can be confirmation of biblical prophecy. Um, there can be, you could compare writings of contemporary eras and stuff like that. But primarily, the understanding of the Bible is to be found in the Bible, not to be found outside. The definitions of words that the Bible uses need to be discerned from the context under which they are used elsewhere in the scripture and not necessarily from someplace else, especially contemporary. The Bible was written a while ago on purpose, and contemporary definitions don't always match. And so you have to understand that. that and that, so that goes into we go into some detail in that chapter there. The Bible of the New Testament believers is still valid today. So this is going to highlight the fact that the New Testament believers for at least two decades were primarily using the Old Testament scriptures, or at least how we would refer to it as the Old Testament scriptures. They saw it as the scriptures. That's what they had. So the idea that all of a sudden, as soon as Jesus comes, you toss out Two-thirds of the Bible is not biblical. The Bible is both literal and spiritual. Uh, not only is it both literal and spiritual, you have to start from the literal. Right? Don't start assuming um, esoteric understanding when, in fact, some of the things are just plain. Okay, Symbols are used consistently in the Bible. When you're interpreting prophecy, when you're interpreting instruction, even parables. Paul Peter says that uh, no interpretation, no prophecy of the scriptures of private interpretation. And that means a lot of things, but one of the things it means is not only can you not just bring your own viewpoints to different prophecies, but the a prophecy over there in Daniel and a prophecy in Revelation are going to use symbols similarly, if not identically. And so you can look at Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel and Revelation and Matthew and see the prophecies in there synced up and understand them in a consistent way because the symbols they're using are consistent throughout. Okay, Israel is not just about Jacob's physical descendants. This is important because we have attached, we, have, we look in the Bible and we see that there are promises to Israel and that there are prophecies about Israel. And we decide that this is primarily about genealogy and biology. And that's not what the Bible says. And this will go into it in more depth. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything in the Bible is important. Uh, but things that show up more than once or twice are there, can be used in a more authoritative way and for greater function than things that only show up once. So if you see something in the Bible, only comes up once, there are lessons to be learned because every word of God is precious, every word of God is pure, every word of God is valid. But you can't form doctrines on things for which you only have one utterance in one instance. Okay, You need, everything is established when there are two or three witnesses. And we'll go into, into that in more depth there. Repetition is related to importance. So this is kind of tied together. Two or three witnesses are used to establish something. But when something has eight or nine witnesses, when it keeps being mentioned, when there's a great deal of focus on it, 
there's something about its importance that should be considered. And sometimes that's a matter of people not paying attention, and other times it's just, hey, this is significant, keep looking at this. The messages of the Bible are broadly applicable, and what that says is that just because things were written a long time ago and written to specific people in a specific historical context, it doesn't mean that that's all that there is to it. The Bible was written for us, upon whom the ends of the world are now come. The Bible was written for us. So the significance of the messages found in the Bible, even though Moses is speaking to the children, the second generation of children of Jacob, or the third generation of children of Jacob, he still those messages apply all the way to us, as you see in in First um, Corinthians ten, where Paul is is using those lessons to explain to the Corinthians how the word of God applied to them at that moment. That's always true. The Bible balances many tensions. And this means that there are things that appear to be opposite on the surface, justice and mercy, faith and works, that are not opposite. They, they may have, there may be some tension between them, but it's balanced. And so we go in that lesson, we go to show that that is the way that the scripture works throughout. And you have to understand that so that you can see it. You don't come to any unbalanced, um, polarizing perspectives. Understanding context is helpful. So yes, the Bible was written to specific people at specific times by specific persons for specific reasons. Um, so context is important. And if you understand context, you can often uh, get a better picture of um, the underlying principles, right? So when you understand why someone was given a message about how they should handle sheep, even though you don't handle sheep today, because you know that the messages of the Bible are broadly applicable, you can look at the principle that was underlying that message and apply that principle to today. Instruction by way of principles and commandments. Here, we're going to focus on the fact that the Bible is not just thou shalt and thou shalt not. There's a lot more, there are a lot of other ways in which instruction is given to us in the Bible. And we need to, if we don't get that, we are going to think a lot of things are okay because there was no deliberate you shall, you shall not. And that's not how the Bible works. And we'll, we'll show that with a variety of Bible passages and stories. Precepts and instructions are built upon, not replaced. So following up on the idea that it's not just precepts and commandments that we get, but also principles, we see that additional principles are given to build on previous principles, not to eradicate or eliminate them, unless specifically outlined as such. The future is manifest in the past, we're given a lot of prophecy, and sometimes it can be hard to determine exactly how things play out. If you look around at the world today, you see that people have all sorts of interpretations about how things will play out. But the coolest thing about the Bible, well, I shouldn't say coolest, one of the coolest things about the Bible is that God has given us a lot of history that helps us to understand how 
prophecy is to be rightly interpreted. You can look at the history of how God operated to understand how he intends to operate. This does not mean that he is completely limited from doing anything new. No such thing. But the point is, he's chosen the way that he's going to operate, and he has presented to us historical information that will guide us in coming to correct conclusions about future operations. Not because he can't do anything differently, but because he has chosen how he's going to do his things, right? He's thought about this a long time and figured out what he's going to do and figured out how he's going to help us understand that. Why isn't everything repeated in the New Testament? We're going to learn about that. Why is it that there seem to be less instructions of certain kinds in the New Testament? We will talk about why that is how that works in in non-biblical realms and how it works in the biblical context. Prophetic time has a special signature. This is an important consideration, understanding how to uh, calculate time within a prophecy. We're going to go into that there. The blessings and cursings of God are alike conditional. We're going to learn that when God blesses and when God issues curses, they're both conditional whether or not they say this is conditional or if they include an if or a however or perhaps the condition is always implied even if it is not if even if you don't see it explicitly granted so we're going to go into that then we're going to talk about two other things that are less in the scriptures but about the scriptures So there's an appropriate way to respond to challenges. This is a discussion about what do you do when you have a viewpoint, a perspective, and someone challenges you on it? What is the approach you should take to understand or to to deal with that challenge that has come? Um, And then choosing a Bible translation for study purposes. There's a discussion here about different translations and why you may want to pursue a particular one or not. Um, it explains which ones we favor and why, and you can, you can get a better understanding of what the objective is or what it could be for you. These last two chapters focus on how you approach the study and how you approach sharing the study when you, when you run into people um, concerning Bible study in general, not just of these principles. And we pray that overall, this will be a tremendous blessing to you. Okay, we pray that this will be a tremendous blessing to you. And for sure, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We encourage you to listen to our podcasts, both Rightly Divide the Word of Truth and also the True Wisdom podcast, which we do as a discussion in a discussion format. And these can be found on Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a host of other podcast platforms. We encourage you to share them with others. Um, you know, give us a review. If, if you don't want to do the review, you know, if you don't want to write anything with the review, that's fine. Just, you know, give it a, a score. I'm not here to pressure you to pick a particular score. That's not why I'm doing it. The reason I'm actually bringing up the issue of the reviews at all is because podcasts that are reviewed 
tend to be auto-shared by the podcast platforms to other people. You like X, you may also like Y. And so by you participating in that way, it really helps us get the word out. It really helps this thing to spread. So you don't have to, in addition to whatever sharing you may do among your friends and family, by going and putting in a review, putting in a review score, it, um, it will help move this forward. So we pray that the work here will be moved forward and, and be a blessing to those who come across it. And, um, and you doing that is helpful to us, right? It's very helpful to us. We appeal to you as Paul appealed to the Thessalonians. Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His holy word.